we tried watching the live stream all together, but they were kind of like not about that. <laughs> they would like hang for worship, and then after that, it just became like I, we too, we thought it was the funny at first. So yeah, so boring. <laughs> yeah, Aww. they just couldn't. And they're like, oh, Gerald again. <laughs> Hello, Calvary family. This is Johnny with our children's director, Taylor Hansen. Taylor, welcome to our podcast. It's good to have Hello. you. And we also have with us our fearless leader and senior pastor, the Reverend Gerald Heastand. Welcome, Gerald. Dr. Reverend. Yeah, Dr. Doctor. Reverend Gerald yes. Heastand. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Good people, all that. All right. Well, we are going to, with no further ado, get going here on our first series. We are going to uh, be talking about how the spiritually survive a global pandemic in relation to having small children. Taylor, thank you for uh, joining us. Yeah. And I thought as we were getting going here, one of the things that's been true certainly with the global pandemic is... Uh, I think all of us are out of our normal rhythms. So not even just like our spiritual rhythms are out of whack, but just, you know, work rhythms are out of, out of whack and family rhythms are out of whack. So tell us a little bit, well, two, two parts of this. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yep. Right? So like, what's your home life like? And then uh, what's it like in your family during uh, COVID-19? What's it been like? Sure. So um, I have a husband, Peter, and three young kids. Eloise is five, Ames is three, Ford is one, and I'm pregnant with our fourth child right now. So we're really busy at home, sure, as you can yeah. imagine. Um, we, in terms of rhythms for COVID, everything was out of whack because Peter and I are now both working primarily from home. We both have started like going out more in the fall. Um, he works for a nonprofit that does by the hand. So he's like yeah. doing a lot of after school stuff. So he's gone in the evenings. Um, because of my pregnancy, we made the decision not to send always back to school. Um, cause we needed to have like pretty tight quarantine around when the baby's born in November. So, I'm also homeschooling our preschooler <laughs> and our kindergartner. Yeah. So That's there've cool. been a lot of new rhythms established and a lot of old rhythms that have sadly left us. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, so Peter's at home yep. most time you're at home most of the time yep. and, uh, see if we can, uh, dig up some, some marriage dirt and get you guys in <laughs> uh, with trying to just navigate like your homeschooling. Yep. You got the three kids. I mean, is it, tricky trying to figure out like divisions of labor and all of that or yeah and I think um the biggest thing is we're just like kind of constantly shifting how things are working so we'll like get a rhythm established and then something happens like a baby drops a nap or you know something changes <laughs> yeah. and you have to adjust so right now kind of how it's working for us is like six to 9 a.m. or earlier if I choose to get up earlier is like my time to do whatever I need to do so if I want to like get up and work out. And then normally like a good chunk of that is dedicated. So Peter's kind of on task. He's on. on yep. Yeah. I hate doing breakfast. He loves serving breakfast. So he takes the like wake up to 9am time slot. And then I come up and like we switch hats. He goes down to the basement and works. I start like our homeschool rhythm for the day. Um, yeah. And then normally during like kind of nap time, quiet time is when we're both back to like dedicated work time Yeah. in the afternoons. Yep. Yeah. So how, uh, how are you 
how are you feeling? You know, we've been at, we've been in it for you know, six plus months. Yeah. Yeah, how are you feeling? Um, I think this summer was a nice little break of like, you can kind of pretend that it's not yeah. a global pandemic, you know, um, like you can be outside more. Our kids are really used to wearing masks and like, it seems like all of our friends' kids are used to wearing masks. So you can do the playgrounds and parks and yeah, it just felt like a mental reprieve a little bit. And now that fall is starting and we're kind of looking down at winter, things are starting to feel a little more ominous, I think. Yeah, just the anxiety of like returning to March is, I think, pretty present in both of our minds. Um, So I'd say right now we're doing well, trying to take it one day at a time. Um, But it is exhausting, I think, for a lot of parents, not just us. If you're in a position where you're working from home, kids are e-learning or homeschooling, and like we're in a position where we don't feel super comfortable having childcare in our home just because yeah. we like feel like we need to be more just careful because of my pregnancy. It means that there's really no break at all. It's just constant exchange of children right. <laughs> between the two of us. And that is like mentally pretty draining to not be able to like ever feel like you're escaping for anything. <laughs> yeah, that, that has been, I think, one of the things I've thought of the most because my kids now are out of that phase of needing childcare and trying to do the few times we've tried to do something with uh, couples um, who have small children, just the idea of like not really feeling if you don't have family or whatever in the area, how you do childcare. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's super complex. Yeah. And even like outside of the work stuff, it's like to go on a date, you know, <laughs> like to just totally. leave the house together yep. feels like such a luxury. Um, so like carving out even like a way to make a date night at home feel like fresh and fun, even yeah. after six months of like, you know, we were talking the <laughs> other day, like, I don't think we've been to a restaurant since January, you yeah. know, like, which is just, wow. yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. I mean, we've done takeout and like done some picnics and things like that, but like we have not gone and like sat in a restaurant since January, which is just crazy. Yeah. And so you're, you know, you're not only tasked with, uh, figuring out your own family life, but here you are employed by Calvary trying to help families figure out their family yeah. life. Right. And so, um, big part of your role and responsibility of course is, is caring for our kids, but caring for Calvary's kids, uh, within the family structures, you know, and trying to give some leadership and, and thought, uh, to that. And as you, have thought about that and thought about it with your own life. What have been like, what have been some of the challenges spiritually in, you know, ministering to your children, the family dynamics during this season, we're, you know, doing live stream mainly. Um, yeah. Like what, what are some of the challenges that have emerged that things that you've seen? Yeah, I think, well, I think the first thing is for many of us, like myself included, um, just it's very easy during like normal rhythms of life to forget that you are like the primary caretaker of your yeah. child's spiritual walk at, especially when they're this little, um, like the ages of my children. Um, you know, before the pandemic, we were at church like three to four days a week. They're in Awana, they're in Sunday school, they're coming to Sunday morning services. We're going to small group. So they're getting a lot of exposure yeah. to, um, like spiritual guidance from other adults and also like hearing Bible stories and verses and like studying with other people who aren't me. 
And in the busyness of life, it's really easy to let those things replace like uh, rigorous or like healthy family, spiritual, like devotional yeah. life, if that makes sense. And so I think after the first couple of weeks in the spring, I think for many parents, it kind of like dawned on us like, oh, shoot, like this, <laughs> Me or nothing. this yeah, this has been my job all along. Yeah. But now it like really is my job, you know, yeah. like just that kind of re refreshing of that, like calling that we have. Um, and so I think like we did not have a very like well established rhythm for like reading the Bible with our kids, praying with our kids, doing any kind of like spiritual, like family devotional time. And so I think that has been a good thing to be aware of as like personal family, but then also to think through like, how can we at Calvary encourage, equip, like help families as they're also like grappling with this reality where we just like, you can't bring your kids to the building in the same way that you could in January and February. And they can't be meeting with other adults who can speak into their lives spiritually. So how does it look as you're like taking you know, almost full ownership of right. that. Right. So like the, the church rhythms and the discipleship kind of ministries through the church for your kids, those are fundamentally supplemental right. to like the parents' main responsibility, but it's so easy to let the supplemental stuff be the primary. The yeah. primary. And, uh, you know, this, this whole season has exposed, you know, what we've been leaning on. So that's a, I think that's a really, that's a really good word, you know, and, and like you, as you said, you get two to three weeks in you start to realize that certainly, uh, you know, when you're six months in, it's like, we all have to like come to terms with that, you yeah. know, like really begin to kind of grapple, grapple through that. So, um, what have you, what have you found, um, and here kind of putting on your children's ministry hat, but also keeping your, your mom hat on, but like, what have you found has worked in trying to reclaim some of that responsibility as a parent in terms of like talking to other parents, like here's what can be, here's what you can do. And also just, you know, your own experience in your own life. I mean, I, I know one of the challenges that many people have had uh, in your phase of life is just trying to make use of the live stream service. It's tricky. I mean, you've got three kids and one on the way, you know, all under the age of five. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, right? Five so, and under, yeah. Yeah, right. So it's like, you know, I mean, talk to us about the challenge of that. I think yeah. that's an interesting thing to talk about. So others can be like, oh, there's someone else that's having a hard time, yeah. you know? Yeah. So for Sunday mornings, I mean, now we're coming to Calvary because um, we're participating in the outdoor service for as long as we're committing right. um, and doing, my kids have been so happy to be back at, we're doing Sunday school at Austin Gardens. So being back at that has been really, really great for us. Um, before that, um, we were... We like dabbled with a couple different options. We tried watching the live stream all together, but they were kind of like not about that. <laughs> they would like hang for worship, and then after that, it just became like I, we took. We thought it was the funny at first. Was so yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah, oh. they just couldn't. They're like, oh, Gerald again. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have like so many pictures of just like our house utterly destroyed after trying to watch <laughs> Sunday morning service. Um, but we did like for a while. We tried to do. You know, we do worship together and then we put on like a wild Kratz and give them a snack and like right. just kind of the close brothers. the door and hope the for the best. Um, yeah. We also did. Well, that's when in the summer we made the decision to do pre-recorded Sunday schools. So yeah. we have that as an option to put on. So um, 
I feel extremely uncomfortable having myself playing in the background. So (laughs) Peter (laughs) will do that with them if I'm like at at Calvary for whatever reason on Sunday morning. But it was hard for me to like put myself on for Sunday school. But we did that so that parents would have an option. We also have the subscription now to Right Now Media that parents could use if your kids are too young to sit through the the service part and you want something safe to put on for your kids. And they have a whole like kids section you can go into and find like age appropriate um content for your kids. And I feel like it's helpful, you know, if your kids really can't handle the service, um, to have something that they can watch that then can be like a family conversation late, you know, to spark a conversation about what they've learned or whatever, um, after during lunch or something to talk with. You don't just mean we, your family, but Calvary. Yes. Yeah. So Calvary. So if anyone has missed that, uh, Calvary has a subscription for Calvary folks to right now media. Uh, which has a lot of helpful content. We also have, you know, fed them, like done a picnic lunch during the service um, to keep them occupied. And then also Peter and I have on days where it's just like really not going to happen for them to sit quietly. It's, I feel like we do miss a little bit of the kind of live aspect when we do this, but watch it in the evening or during nap time. Cause I think to us, it's more important that he and I are able to participate in it together, regardless of whether it's happening at the exact same time as the rest of the churches. Um, Cause yeah, if, if like he watches it in the morning and then I am not there, it's like so much harder to go back and want to watch it alone. Um, so I think just being able to like make sure that we've carved out time for the two of us to participate in the service together makes it more meaningful. So sometimes that means a nap time or an evening that we're watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've appreciated the, uh, you, you know, you, when you put out the video for the kids to watch, that's been really helpful. We have, you know, Maley's just turned six, but she's the same situation where mm-hmm. to, you know, just sit and watch the sermon doesn't work for her. And uh, so it's been helpful to kind of give her something to do. Yeah. The other kids are old enough to be able to kind of stay engaged in it. So that's, that's been good. But um, yeah, live stream, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge. So if anyone is out there listening and it, they're, they're feeling the challenge of having the kids. Like you're not alone out there. Right. And it's not like none of us think live stream is like the best option for a Sunday morning, but it's, it's like where we're at right now to be like obedient in learning and like worship together, you know? And so it's just kind of a, yeah, I, I think like with little kids, everything is, you do it until it doesn't work anymore. And then you, you reevaluate and like change your game plan. And I feel like that's, especially critical as parents right now to be like holding everything really loosely. Like it might work this week and it might not work next week and that's okay. We can like figure it out, you know? And I think the stage of having little kids so oftentimes you're just taking care of the immediate, Mm -hmm. right? And the present need from one thing to the next and full engagement in the live stream takes a lot of like intentionality and focus and commitment in a way that's hard with little kids when you're just always doing the immediate need. Totally. And the immediate need can change from minute to minute, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes. And so that's what I think makes the challenge of the live stream worship with, with little, little kids and, and just, and I was even thinking, as you were saying earlier, uh, the, indirect loss of Christian community that you don't, you know, when the pandemic and the shelter in place first hit, there's a sense of like, you know, loss, but not feeling like it's ongoing. Right. Then when we realized this was an ongoing reality of loss of 
in-person Christian fellowship, um, the, the realization of like, yeah, like I'm responsible now because they're not coming into contact with all this indirect right. um, relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so then you're with this live stream trying to navigate that. And uh, so I'm just highlighting the, the challenge. And um, I think there is for us, and Gerald, you had this in your sermon a number of weeks ago on how to spiritually survive a global pandemic. But how do we, you know, still keep a sense of like, we know gathered Christian fellowship, whether in person or not, is a priority and value at one level. And then at another level, realizing it may not be exactly what I want it to be right now and trying to let those two run together somehow um, and making the most of what we can. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Because I think there's the, I appreciate Taylor, you saying when you guys basically have to punt in the mornings and you watch it later, that you do feel a sense of like, it's not live. We're kind of not with the church. We're kind of just the two of you doing it. So there, there, I think there's an appropriate sense of like, ah, oh, shucks with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you're still making an effort at it. And like, this the reality of like, you know, it's a challenge, right? So then it's, it's coming to terms with the challenge of it and, and, uh, um, and the difficulty of it and just being honest with that, you know, and, and taking the next best thing, right? right. It's like, you just keep taking the next best thing. And so like you, I think that's, I think that's maybe a good word is just like you, you go for the best thing. And then if that doesn't work, then you take the next best thing right. and then you take the next best thing. And eventually you find something that works. Right. But, but that's better than just kind of giving up and rolling over or just kind of settling perpetually for like, you know, number four down on the list, right. right? When there's other things you could be doing some, some weeks, some weeks you can't. Right? Well, and I mean like the whole title of the series is how to survive, like how to right, spiritually yeah, survive. Right, right. Like we're yeah, not, not every day is going to be thriving. Like we're yeah. not, but I think often back to a sermon, I think you preached a few years ago about in the Hebrews study, I think, or series about like how much faith is enough. And it's like enough to get you to the end basically. And I think about that a lot in this season. It's like not every day is going to feel like a spiritual victory, but it's just like survive, like finding ways to spiritually survive. And hopefully there will be spiritual victories and hopefully like not every day will feel like you're just scraping the bottom to survive. Um, But I think it's okay if it doesn't look like you're saying the same as it did before, because things aren't the same as they were before. So live stream, doing the best we can with that. Outside of live stream, what sort of spiritual practices or disciplines are you finding that's important for you to do as a parent, right? So that may be like your own personal stuff, but then that carries over into the kids. Or what are you doing with your kids directly? Like what are some of the the spiritual practices and disciplines that you guys are trying to engage in? Sure. Um, So I'll start with me, I guess, and then go broader to our family. So, um, I think the biggest thing is to figure out ways to, to take time away from your kids. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're in a season where it's possible and not all of us are, but getting up before your kids, I feel like is 
so important just to like not start the day with my wife has given you a yeah. big thumbs up. Yeah. yeah just like not having someone yanking you out of bed and like screaming for toast, you know, <laughs> like just to start the day. Yeah, alone and like the way you want to, I feel like is really important. I think just we're in a season of weariness as parents and just as a country. Um, and so finding a way to like refuel yourself, both spiritually and like emotionally, mentally, all of those things. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like the first couple weeks of um, quarantine, I, I mean, I was also newly pregnant, so I shouldn't be too hard on myself, but I was like just dragging to get out of bed. And more recently, we have like started getting up at like 530 before because our kids are really early risers. Um, so getting up really early and like having time to either like exercise or like read our Bibles, like do our quiet time. Um just to have that time so that we then feel like energized to be with our kids rather than just like another day. It's just I kind think. of the put your own oxygen mask. Yes. Before you put it on the <laughs> kid. Kids, yeah. yeah. And right. then I think too, um, something that's been really huge for our family is like connecting with other families who are in a similar season. And I think, you know, it's, it's really important to have relationships with people of all ages and like people who have like survived the season that you're in, people who are walking into it. But I think especially when you're like dealing with something so huge as a global pandemic to have people who like, you don't have to show up and explain what you're going through. They're just like in the trenches with yeah, you and you can it. be like, yeah. I'm having a terrible day. And they're like, we have Costco lasagna in the oven, like <laughs> come over, you know, like yeah. for that to be able to happen still to have people that you feel safe gathering with, um, like if you're bubbling with another family or something like that. Um, I think that's important not only for like us as parents, but also for our kids to be with other believing adults and like to see another believing family, like walking this same season, I think has been really healthy and helpful for all of us. Um, and then I'd say like along those same lines, it's, I think like having just like time of fellowship is important, but then also if you can have like an in-person like time to pray or like do a Bible study together, especially while we have the weather kind of on our side yeah. um, to be able to like establish since we're not getting the same kind of spiritual like benefits of gathering on a Sunday morning, like maybe we did or a Tuesday morning, like we did before to find that in other like safe areas is important. Yeah. And there was, there was, I mean, that's one of the things that's been, I think, so challenging is there's, there were rhythms built into the, the community life at Calvary Sundays, maybe a Tuesday, maybe it was a Wednesday night where you would just, you know, you kind of just saw people right. and you connected with people. Now those are gone for so many of us. Um, and, uh, it's like, if we're not intentionally trying to create, recreate some of that, it just, it just goes away, you know? And, uh, so the intentionality I think is a big a big piece of it. So that's great. Yeah. No, I mean, that's really hitting me too, because I think at one level we were intentional about, let's say going to whatever other gatherings that were there. Um, and so that was good, right. You know, whether it's church or whether it's small groups or whether it's, you know, midweek ministries, whatever it might be, those got taken away, um, in some ways. And so now how do we like reimagine our new intentionality right? Um, in new ways. And I think that's what, yeah. you know, it's taking us because when it got to, to not be trapped to think that if that has been taken away, then, then there's nothing yeah. left to right. do. 
but how to have the intentionality to think about what the new season will look like in what right. ways. One of the things I was thinking as we kind of close out here, Taylor, though, is wondering um, as you've interacted with different families, um, thinking particularly about our single parents mm-hmm. um, and what you've heard from them as, as their unique challenges um, that, that they're experiencing. I don't know if you've had those conversations. Or- yeah. Um, I think right now for families with, well, not like babies, but young-ish children, um, just the challenge of school is huge. And many kids in the area are doing e-learning. And so how to manage six hours of your child in and out of Zoom meetings while you're also working or caring for other children, um, I think is a huge thing. If you're in a position where like you can reach out to people who need it, I think in, I think it's really easy in a season like this to just kind of get bogged down in what we're going through and not think too much about like, how can I be helpful? Um, but I do think there are many in our community who are struggling particularly with just like the balance of the e-learning and childcare. Um, those are like the two biggest things I think like childcare for little guys and then managing the, the reality of school this year for older kids. Maybe one of the things we just highlighting here is if, you know, if you are a, a single parent trying to navigate all this, that we just um, really see and understand that it, you have some very unique challenges mm-hmm. uh, during this season Um, you know, and we, you know, for those of you listening, um, that might be listening to this podcast, even now, you know, we do have, um, within our, uh, family here at Calvary, a care team and would love to be able to minister and to serve you in any way we can. Feel free, um, to reach out to, uh, Caroline Whitman and she'd be more than happy to connect you and to, uh, some of those options and opportunities within our Calvary family. So we know those are unique challenges for you. And um, so. Okay. Three uh, lightning round here. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a lightning round. Three questions. And as we kind of uh, move towards our close, but um, what piece of normalcy do you miss most? Oh gosh. Um, I think like going into other people's homes and like having people uh, into our home, I think is like the biggest the thing. Fellowship hospitality. Yeah. Just like being able to not be like, should I hold my breath? Should like, am I allowed to go in here? You know, like that I think is the biggest thing. Always. Even the other day, we have one other family we've been like bubbled with and we were talking about something and she was just like, could we like have another family too, whose house we can go in? <laughs> just like, like, I feel like we're all missing that. Like, just, yeah, being able to have people in our house. I mean, I haven't like, I was just thinking the other day, like when was the last time I really deep cleaned our bathroom? Cause who cares? It's just us seeing it, you know, like just like missing having other people like that freedom, just be like, Oh, just please yeah. come over. We'll be over in five minutes. You know? Um, I think that yeah. as a like extremely extroverted person too, that has been the hardest thing for me. I think. What changes are you most thankful for in this season? Oh, interesting. So, I feel, I mean, I'm an optimist. So I feel like there has been a lot of good in this season. Like, I feel like I can still see a lot of ways where just like the franticness of life has been stripped away. Um, 
we've gotten to have a lot more like family time. I mean, we've reevaluated like our family rhythms kind of like we were talking about before of like actually being intentional with our kids, spiritual development and guidance in a way because we're homeschooling now. It's like every, every book that we're reading is like thought through in a way that wasn't before. So I just think like we've had a lot of time to kind of lean into our family culture and like think through like, what do we really want our kids to be learning around our dinner table, kind of, if that makes sense. Um, And so I feel like that has been cool in a way where like just the busyness of life before took away from a lot of that. Cause it was like, who has time to think about that when, you know, you've got eight activities that you have to get five different people to every day. Um, So yeah, we've been grateful for just the space to be more intentional with how we live as a family, I think. That's great. And then the last question. Yes. How has Jesus made himself known to you in this season? Oh gosh. Okay. Oh, that's like six months to unpack, Gerald. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I mean, there's like so many things. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really like learning a lot of like, what does it mean to suffer? Mm. Like Jesus being present in suffering. And I think also a realization like a sad, sad that it takes a global pandemic for me to realize this, but kind of like my reality was so easy before. And there are many people who suffer much more than I do and like have, you know, the, I think the, the scariest thing about the pandemic initially was just like, it's everywhere. There's no escape. There's no end in sight. Nobody knows what's going on. And really that's the reality of our lives all the time, but we can ignore it most of the time. Kick the can down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can think, I don't have to think too much about the future because my life feels pretty secure most of the time. And the pandemic kind of like ripped that illusion away. And so I think like the realization that my life is always utterly dependent on Christ Mm. has been a good thing to be reminded of. And he's been like sweet and faithful to meet me in that. And then also like the growing of like, Many people, even in my own community, don't have that same false assurance that I do because of many different factors. And so being like more compassionate and loving to the people around me because I'm not like blinded by that anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think the uh, the, the reality is that so often um, God comes and speaks to us most clearly in the midst of our suffering and our pain in yeah. ways that we would not otherwise, we're just not attuned to hear, right. you know? And so there's a difficulty in this season, but for those that kind of surrender that difficulty to God, there is a freshness of his presence that is unique to this season, which is, which is great. So that's yeah, fantastic. And I think like young parents particularly I think there's been like Peter and I at first talked a lot about like we wish we were in any other season of life like just (laughs) anything else like I wish we were kids again we didn't have to think about this I wish we were older and like our kids were out of the house you know like anything but what we're going through is like what we wish when we wish this would have happened but I think too like there is a sweetness to we are so needed like constantly in our home that there is a distraction from like, we're not dealing with like the boredom of like, Oh my gosh, another day at home. Cause we just, we don't have the space for that. And I think just the purpose 
that young children bring. And also when we first found out that we were pregnant, just kind of the reminder, like it felt like a really sweet reminder from God, like, I'm still doing new things. Like yeah. life is still, I'm still creating life and like making a way even in this season that yeah. feels utterly hopeless and dark. Um, and so I think that's been something we've grown and every day we're not like singing and it's not all like rainbows and sunshine being at home with little guys. But I think that has been something sweet about being in this season that we're in, yeah. in a global pandemic. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll add this too is uh, when I preached my, sermon a number of weeks ago, how to spiritually survive a global pandemic. And I preached it from Jeremiah 29. And for those that listened to that sermon, there was kind of two parts to it. And there was, you know, like the splash of cold water and kind of the bracing, like wake up, you know, and deal with reality kind of effect. And then the splash of cold water that was like refreshing and soothing. And, and so when I was putting together that sermon, I, I called you, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I said, this is what I'm thinking. And talking through it and what do you need to hear? And it was your, your word there, which kind of what you just said of like, God is still doing new things here. Mm -hmm. and there's still hope. And, and so like that message, I think in Jeremiah, it wasn't just kind of wake up and deal with reality. It was also, and the reality is like, God still loves us. He cares for us. He's still doing new things. Mm -hmm. And, and just room. like the beauty that yeah. he invites us to participate in that. Yeah. It's not just like, all right. And I'm going to grow a garden. It's like, no, settle in, like yeah, grow, yeah, be a part of the new life and beauty that he in this so season. So props to you uh, for that sermon. So Thank for you. anybody that listened to that sermon, <laughs> I did liked, not get a shout out. Refresh. <laughs> this is your shout out right here. I actually tried to work it in, but I couldn't. Find a <laughs> one day, one here, day. So. All right. Well, Gerald, thank you uh, for leading us into this conversation and especially thank you, Taylor, yeah. uh, for being willing to sit and let us ask you some questions. <laughs> if you are, uh, single parent or dual parent home uh, listening to this, please know that uh, we love you. We see you guys and we know you're going through some unique challenges. Um, and so we hope this podcast has been helpful. Um, and it, obviously your challenges will be ongoing. And uh, so please feel re reach out to us as a staff uh, for any way that we can assist you in this season. We are excited to continue this series. As I said at the beginning, this is our first episode uh, for the podcast as a whole, but also our first episode in the mini-series that we are now in. This mini-series, again, is titled How to Spiritually Survive a Global Pandemic. And so for this first one, we interviewed Taylor, our Director of Children's Ministry. Our next one, I'm looking forward to uh, interviewing uh, John Lambeth, um, our pastor for students and groups. I have uh, two middle schoolers and uh, high schoolers, so he can help figure out all my family problems. Mm -hmm. so I'm really excited about that. Um, no, we're looking forward to have John in our next one. And again, we'll also be having Nigel Pierre and Becky Corset and Pam and Eric Redman. Also, thank you again for joining us for This is Calvary podcast. See you next time.